0: Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wow, what a day, huh? I, you know, you got a life, and so maybe, you know, you're, what's going on with your work and, and your family, your kids, you know, that all takes precedent and you don't follow it. But my gosh, if it's your job to follow sports, yesterday was crazy, exhausting, <coughs> total roller coaster. Um... A few things I didn't see coming that, in retrospect, you look back and maybe you should have at least semi-expected, realized there were a possibility. Uh, Crazy day. Jazz, college football, Mountain West shuts it down, or at least punts till spring. Big Ten is apparently shutting it down. But coaches are saying their individual schools could go. You know, just just Ohio State, Michigan, Nebraska, maybe Iowa, you know. Nobody of interest really. <laughs> Penn State maybe. <laughs> Okay, so the bottom half of the Penn State of the bottom half of the Big Ten will shut it down. I don't know. Nebraska hasn't been great, so maybe it shouldn't. And, and Wisconsin has been pretty good. So there's a couple outliers, but you can't help but notice it's Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, right? Uh, so what a day, huh? Uh, and the Mountain West is mostly shut down. Some of it you could see coming, right? Hawaii's got this 14-day quarantine. It doesn't seem they're letting up on that. How can you play college football every weekend? Uh, The New Mexico governor has already asked them not to play. And so, you know, they weren't real interested in it. Um, So, you can kind of see how this is going, right? California's been a hot spot. they got three teams there. Um, And then you've got... uh, (laughs) And then you got Air Force who's saying, okay, we understand what's going on in the Mountain West, but we're going to be over here playing Army-Navy. You know, the more you look at it, there's just a bunch of one-offs that occur in the Mountain West. Like, there's nothing like Hawaii, right? Alaska doesn't have a team. Hawaii's out there. They're not in the continental U.S. It's a different deal. Air Force, you know. College could work. if We could really enforce the rules. Well, how many college campuses could you put up armed guards on the perimeter and say, it's like this, nobody in, nobody out? (laughs) Yeah, I don't see that happening to the average state university. Call me crazy. But an Army, Navy, and Air Force? Yeah, that can happen. Sure, absolutely. Hey, guys, here's what you're going to do, and that's an order. It's not a law. It's not a suggestion. it's an order. So if anyone could pull it off, I would think Army Navy and Air Force could pull it off because they they can pretty much turn their campuses into a bubble. And so those three could play each other. and BYU is an independence so BYU wants to play Navy and uh, Navy wants games. okay, you know there was a there's a spot where uh, Ken Amatololo said. In uh, his set, um, I think he alluded to, or no, maybe it was one of the Navy. At, no, I take it back. I don't think it was coach. I think it was one of the Navy media we had on there, play by play guy, who said, presumably, Navy will go out to BYU for uh, a return game. Maybe this year? <laughs> why not? <laughs> could be some openings in both schedules. We don't know what the American Athletic Conference is going to do yet. Maybe it could still have a, a conference schedule, right? But we also know the AAC could you know, shut it down next week, and would anyone be surprised? Or later this week, and would anyone be surprised? So... We'll have to see how that plays out, but yeah, maybe there's a chance for um, a home and home. Tom Tom Holmes always wanted that. I don't know. Six games with the Academies. All of a sudden, would all three of them be up for that? I don't know. There's so many things happening now. Who the heck knows? Uh, and then there was the basketball yesterday, and we'll get to the best of the Jazz post game coming up. The uh, the the starters minus Donovan Mitchell. Um, Played the first half and looked great they were hitting threes uh, the defense was a little hit and miss it was okay it wasn't great um, Quinn Snyder afterwards and we'll get to the Jazz post coming up See, we, gotta, we gotta defend the paint we gotta keep guys out of the paint too many people are getting into the paint that's gotta stop um, but the Jazz scored 70 points they were shooting the lights out and Clarkson had 18 and a half but they played 13 different guys at least 13 minutes I and mean, they were moving the minutes around and nobody was playing big minutes nobody's getting exhausted uh, uh, possibly they're trying to tank and stay in the sixth seed. I know some of you don't believe that, and I know some of you absolutely do. But the problem with finishing six is you don't know the Nuggets are going to be three. Now, the Nuggets will no longer win out because they lost last night. Longest time out, they win three straight, including win over the Clippers. Um, you know, they'd be the two seed, but they lost to the Lakers last night because Kuzma broke a 121 121 tie with a three pointer with four tenths of a second left. So there's that. Um, But I would expect that what we saw out of the lineup today is pretty much what we're going to see Thursday. Um, If Donovan plays, it won't be for very long. The starters all went 13 to 16 minutes and were out. Uh, Niang played like three minutes in the second half, and he was done. So they put the young guys in there. They did some things well. But, boy, when it started to go south, they had no idea how to turn it around again. But, you know, normally they won't be out there as a group. Normally there'd be one, maybe two of them out there with some more established guys. So... All right, we'll get to the post game coming up. We're going to go down to BYU. You're going to hear from the Cougars, from head coach Kalani Sataki, and also um, from Zach Wilson, the quarterback. Zach Wilson sounding very much like a coach. We'll get to that next.
1: Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's
0: 97.5 and 12.80 in the zone. we got the best of the Jazz postgame coming up. But right now, a few minutes with BYU. We're going to start with the quarterback, Zach Wilson. And he's going to talk about what the players have to do so they get to play. And he is going to sound very much like a coach. I think he's really absorbed the message from the head coach, the coordinators, and the position coach. I think he's heard the lecture multiple times. I think he's got it down pat. Here's Zach.
2: Zach, uh, are you able to compare your physical uh, readiness at this moment compared to, say, 12 months ago?
3: Yeah, I would say it's uh, tremendously higher. Um not just me but the whole team. Um you know, personally I feel like this is uh one of the biggest off-season for me. I feel like I've been able to take my arm from being, you know, not only was it not 100% last year but but it's 100% and then better than than it was before surgery. So um you know, I would say that was probably the biggest thing for me is is just having that off season and that time, and then uh, the time in the weight room, the time with the boys, just uh, you know, going to lunch, whether it's hanging out at the football field, throwing extra, whatever. I just, you know, I'd say we're we're, we're
2: strides ahead than where we were last year. I wanted to ask, you've always talked about how much, you know, the competition, you always get asked about quarterback competition with Jaron and Baylor and the other guys. And and that always gets brought, brought up. But this year, with everything that's happened going on, are you enjoying that competition even more just because it's football and it's just part of the game and you get to be out there competing with your boys like that?
3: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's just it's part of the game, right? It's, it's in every, every university, you know, it's especially on our team. Uh, competition makes everyone better. It's making me better. It's, it's making the other quarterbacks better. And, um, you know, that's exactly what we need on this team is, is competition is what strives to make you better, right?
4: Zach, I wanted to ask you, with the COVID-19 downtime, a lot of guys had to scatter and kind of do their own thing. How did you spend that time? What did you do different maybe compared to what you would have done in a normal offseason?
3: Yeah, um, you know, for me, it was actually it was actually a good thing. You know, I got to hang out with the receivers and and do my thing here. But but I trained with John Beck out in California, like a lot of people know. And, you know, I was blessed to have the opportunity to do that a lot more this year. I was able to spend months down there. Um, take week on, weekends down there and, and actually you know focus on my technique and my craft and um, I would say typically I wouldn't be able to do that just because we would have mandatory workouts here and and yeah I was still able to make it to all the voluntary stuff and everything BYU had and, and I, I made sure that that stuff was you know mandatory for me to be there but you know it gave me a little more freedom to be able to go out to California and work on that stuff and um, before voluntary even started up I know Brady mentioned it earlier but um, local gym down the street with with Stroformance uh, you know those guys are great and. And, you know, there was a lot of BYU guys there. Me and Brady were just a couple of them that 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 were able to make it over there. And, and that training was huge for us. It was, you know, similar to what BYU was doing with the lifting and running and, and all that stuff. But I think it got us prepared and it got us the lifting that we would have been doing here anyway. So I feel like we didn't skip a beat with that kind of stuff.
5: All this uncertainty. I mean, uncertainty that there may not even be a football season. And then there's a schedule uncertainty and there's just so much going on. What is it that you as a quarterback, as a leader on this team that you do have the most confidence in? What is it that you can point your finger to and go, you know what? I have confidence in this through all of this.
6: Yeah,
3: my biggest thing is, is that we're going to be a, a dang good football team this year. And that's what I'm, I'm excited about is, you know, we're out here in fall camp and, and we're, we're going to levels that we've never been in the last, uh, you know, it's our third year as an offense. Um, you know, things are just working on the little details, just taking everything to the next level. Um, so I'm confident that we're just going to be a way better offense and a way better team. Um, and for right now, you know, we still got a week one scheduled. We're still playing Labor Day. And, you know, that's what that's what we're looking forward to. We're still planning on that game. We're still preparing for that game.
7: Zach, what do you feel is the biggest strength of this offense from what you've seen in in week one with all these newcomers added to the mix and the returning guys? What do you feel is the biggest strength from this group compared to maybe years past?
3: Yeah, I'd say the competition and the the opportunity. There's a lot of opportunity for these young guys to come in and and step up and play. You know, is known for a school that that probably doesn't have the the most depth at every position, and so a lot of those young guys are coming in with the with the sense of urgency that hey, I got a chance to step on the field this year. And uh, we also have some veterans at every position. We got guys that have played um, the last three years, and I would say you know everyone's just coming together and, and making sure we learn the plays. Um, they know that the coaches are not going to start from day one like we typically do on fall camp. They. Know no, we're hitting it right off, right off the head from from two years ago. Um, everything we built up. So the the new guys got to come in and, and get used to the plays, get used to what we're doing. And um, you know, I've seen a lot of good things out of those guys.
1: Hey, Jason. Zach,
3: you mentioned
0: the uh, the receivers uh, a second ago, and, and that's a position that lost quite a few playmakers from the roster last year. How would you evaluate? What have you seen from the guys you're throwing the
1: football to now?
3: Yeah, I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of progress. I would say, you know, necessarily not having a, a ton of guys with experience, but, you know, we got Gunner and Dax and Matt Bushman and, and even Isaac Rex with a little bit of last year. And then and then Neil, Neil has experience as well. And I would say with those guys, you know, we're great with experience, but also the new guys coming in, like I said, are doing a great job of following their example and, and, and just feeling the flow of the offense, not necessarily, you know, needing these guys that have all this experience, but just feeling how the coaches are teaching the offense, knowing, knowing their role, which, which read of progression they are in the play and, and understanding their timing, uh, their depth, the way to work around. I would say, uh, those are the details that we're really implementing to all these young guys about, you know, how to, how to really help this offense and, and go to the next level. And, and some of those veteran guys are, are really helping them with that.
7: Zach, you mentioned that off season work with John Beck. What specific stuff were you working on out
6: there?
3: Yeah, so typically just how to generate more force through the body, not use too much arm. Um, Typically, John is is really working on, you know, how to make throws from from certain positions, right? Never in a game are you ever just three-step drop, standing right in the same place and and making throws. You're gonna be moving around, and so, we work a lot of off platform throws, how to generate power when you're, you got to move to the left. If you're, you know, your left tackle gets beat inside, you got to slide to the left and, um, how to drive a throw down the field, how to touch pass, how to, you know, so we kind of just work on all the basics. We work on our fundamentals of just footwork, uh, timing routes, you know, which, which footwork is going to be for each route that we throw. Um, that's probably some of the biggest things that I picked up. I feel like, you know, arm strength wise, I'm, I'm way further ahead than I've ever been. And it's not necessarily because of, you know, My arm is stronger necessarily, but because I'm finally learning how to throw with my whole body.
2: Zach, a lot of your peers across the country have joined groups going multiple directions some have expressed concerns about safety and health with COVID and everything going on others have expressed the desire to play and how important that is for them emotionally how do you balance those two parts that I know your family's here in the area and everything so the risks as far as family and stuff but also that desire that you want to get on the field so how do you find that balance as as a football player right now
3: yeah it's hard you got to understand that you know this this COVID-19 thing is a real thing and Um, I think just understanding that you got to keep your distance from other people. I mean, the hard thing is we all want to play every, every single player here at BYU wants to play this year. uh, No doubt about it. And so it's, it's really just taking those precautions that, Hey, if we're going to play, you got to avoid some of those people outside of football. You got to, you know, be able to stay with your roommates that are also on the team and, and not go out and, you know, uh, go to a party and and get sick and bring it to the team, or or get sick and take it home, or you know whatever. But you know, we want to play, and I think those are some of the sacrifices that we need. Is is to say, hey, if we want to play football, we just got to you know not go out of the house for a while.
4: Zach, I wanted to ask you: your younger brother Josh is now on campus down there, BYU. What's it been like having him with you?
3: Yeah, it's cool. It's kind of weird, you know, seeing him every once in a while and. Um, or if I'm dropping back, we make eye contact or, you know, weird things like that. But, you know, he's, he's getting in the role. He understands that, um, it's just the next step in his life of needing to achieve one more thing. And, um, you know, you go from feeling like you're the man in high school to, you know, being that star linebacker or whatever. And then you get over here and it's like, okay, I got to re-earn my spot and I got to, I got to show people, you know, what I'm capable of. And so he's, he's understanding that I'm trying to help him, um, you know, kind of figure out his path and the things that I made mistakes on probably when I first got here and, um, trying to show him the best way to get there.
5: Okay. We'll take questions from Mitch and Matt. And I think that I'll wrap it up.
3: Zach, uh, you know, in through the first week, how have, who have been some of the receivers that you feel have really stepped up their play to, to be contributors this fall? Yeah, of course the main guys, you know, I think, I think Dax and Neil have looked well, uh, really good actually. And, you know, Gunner hasn't been able to practice much, a little hamstring tweak. We're just trying to take care of him. But, um, you know, Neil and Dax have looked really good at receiver position. But also, um, you know, uh, Cody Epps, I would say, is probably one of the biggest standouts of the, the newcomers. Just, just understanding the feel of the game, understanding. Um, you know where he is in the progression, understanding taking his time or how to separate from a receiver how to how to set a, a DB up and um, he's been doing well I would say Cody uh, is going to keep progressing but all those new guys are doing a good job
7: In regards to the live work you guys did on Saturday since uh, media and fans, they don't get a lot of video and information from those from those scrimmages, what were some of the big plays, what were some of the big moments from that live work
3: Yeah, one of the biggest things for the offense was scoring on our first, first two plays of of team, we had a, uh, you know, a couple. I think the very first one, I hit Matt on a seam route and, and man coverage. He he went off and made a great play from about 25 out. The very next one, we ran a, um, like a little slip play to the sideline and Baylor found Carter Wheat for a touchdown. So I think, you know, those are the plays that we need as an offense to being able to show that we can score in the red zone, right? Because we, we definitely show that we can get into the red zone, but we got we to score.
8: All right, there's Zach Wilson now. Here's the head coach, Kalani Sataki. Yep, um, had a good practice today. Um, in our shoulder pads, we're in shells today. So uh, uh, last Saturday, uh, we had some live work, went full pads and, uh, did some scrimmage situations, did some live tackling. And, uh, it was a good day. You know, saw a lot of great things. Uh, we're able to grade our players and, uh, see how they function in a game type of situation. And, uh, I'd say overall, if I'm looking at it, I say the offense won the day. Um, so half the team is disappointed and look to bounce back and have better practice today. And I would say is, uh, much more evenly matched today. But, uh, offensive, output was a lot better um, the first day of full pads, which is a little bit different than what we've seen in years past, you know. So um, I know defensively we have some things to get in there. we got some young guys, but overall I think the offense just executed better and uh, definitely we're we're really physical. So that's a good thing, get our guys ready for uh, our first game coming up. So I'll take any questions that you guys have.
5: Okay, Jerry, we'll go to you first, then Matt, and then Norma.
2: Well, Kalani, you had to know we were going to ask, but we got to start by talking about the potential for the season to be canceled. It's it's all over everywhere right now that that it might just end up being postponed till spring. What's that like dealing with that uh, that possibility?
8: Well, I think there's a lot of discussion going around, but we just go to work. You know, I think the uh, uh, we're going to go until they tell us to stop. And um, our mindset is to just get better every day. Uh, I think the uh, what we're trying to work as a program is to keep this a low risk environment. Practice with our our uh, you know with the protection that we have our masks and the the shields on our face masks, and then uh, practice social distancing in our meetings and even at practice during our water breaks, making sure that our guys are masked up if they're close together. And that's all we can ask our players. And our staff and our, our the, the you know the support staff and everyone are here to just keep uh, keep doing it the right way and being safe and thinking of others and uh, whatever happens whatever the decisions um, that's not my choice you know so whatever everyone decides to do we'll just we'll just follow it but right now we got to go as if we're ready to play a game and I from what I saw from today from the players I mm-hmm. thought it was uh, back to business you know just a little bit different than than uh, normally by wearing masks and uh, keeping our distance uh, during the breaks but other than that it was a pretty good. Day
7: kalani you mentioned that that live work you guys went through on saturday maybe who are some standouts from that and what's the current injury situation through the first week of fall camp
8: oh the standouts! so you put me on the spot i I I would say i mean the quarterbacks did well you know the running backs i I think tyler algier and uh jackson mcchesney did some really good things uh with with ball in their hands matt bushman had, had a great day um you know, I think the receiving core did a great job. Um, young freshman, Cody Epps is starting to step up. And and uh, you can see that he's got a lot of um, confidence in himself and the skills. And But I, I hate singling out all those guys. I just did it. But there's I would say overall, they, they were all functioning really well and showed some depth. A lot of young guys stepping up. And, and um, you know, we have guys that are here on their own time watching a lot of film, guys that spend a lot of time together and, and, um, and just have invested. I mean, they, there's each time to go home we have a lot of guys just staying here late at night watching film and that's uh, i think that's a huge compliment to the coaches that recruited guys that love football and so i think there's a culture of guys from learning from each other and and love the game of football and i think you should see some really good success from that
5: hey Norma.
9: hey coach so obviously you guys have protocols and precautions in place Uh, at practices and at the facilities, but is there anything set in place for when the athletes go home, when they go out, when they're not in your care? And if there is, is there any way or how, or I guess, how are you guys reinforcing that? How are you guys getting after that to make sure that they keep up to it?
8: Yeah. I mean, that we're educating them on, on ways to, I mean, they want to play football. We have to do, take the the proper precautions to make sure that we do our part and um, you know, that we, we, try to minimize the infection as much as possible, you know, so I think being honest with their symptoms and uh, we were still going to the screening process and checking in and, and um, doing temperatures. But I think uh, for the most part, I have a lot of confidence in the sports medicine department and and, uh, our players, I think educating them and having them realize that being, being, You know honest with with how you're feeling and then also being mindful when you're going home um for the most part our guys are i think uh you know when when they do go home i think a good portion of them are are too tired to do anything but if they do we're asking them to be careful and to wear masks and 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 take the take the proper precautions to to keep themselves and, and others safe
5: right mitch and then jay Hey, Kalani, uh, what what conversations have have
3: players in your locker room today maybe had in regard to the hashtag we want to play movement that's a lot of college football players have been discussing around the country
8: yeah the guys are talking they, they've been i mean I think it's important for the players to discuss a lot of different issues and so uh that's one of the things that I don't know I know a lot of coaches and players are talking and I think it's good to keep the discussion alive and see what others are saying and um I mean, any chance that you can learn from what people want and and uh, I think for the most part I, a lot of our guys feel the same way you know they want to play but going back to what norma was asking you, you, we have to be careful and make sure that we're we're practicing our the safely as we can and in our in our social life and even when we're here in meetings so I, I I, I um, promote our guys hanging out and spending time and, and speaking and sharing their, their, their feelings with each other and their thoughts. And so uh, it's, it's been a really cool, cool experience, experience for me to see the guys doing that That's part of being a family. Okay,
5: Jay, and then we'll go to Jason Shepard.
4: Hey, Kalani, uh, if you could pick one thing that you would like to see the offense improve on and the defense improve on, from last year, maybe one overall thing or even specific thing, what, w- what would they be?
8: Offense, score points, defense, don't let other score points. <laughs> so, <laughs> How about as, as simple as I can make it. Zone. Huh? Yeah, we are live. I mean, all of our red zone last uh, – on Saturday was all live and offense did a great job. Um, you know, score touchdowns on all the drives. And that's, that's good for the offense but bad for the defense, you know. But uh, I think um, – you know, for for us we're still um trying to get our players understand the scheme and everything. And obviously I I think you, when you look at the issues that you have on, on executing. So defensively you have to sit there and go, okay, where did this thing break down? And if it's there making plays on us, I didn't see a lot of MAs on the defensive side. I just saw players on offense making plays, you know? So um, defensively now we've got to uh, be a little bit cleaner on our technique so we can be in a position to make the plays. But uh, for the most part, it wasn't us shooting ourselves in the foot defensively and offensively it's just out executing so uh definitely you know if, if if uh if we're going live in the red zone um you, you know how important that is to us to improve on uh especially in the first day of pads and I thought the offense did a great job the, the guys have been working hard it showed and and uh Defensively, we just got to get a little bit cleaner. But I think I think this—it's really good competition. This is a big offensive line that mauls people, you know. So our D lines got—it's got—they have no choice but to toughen up and stop them. So hopefully, in the next live session, we'll be able to get more stops from the defense. And and uh, yeah, I think it was just overwhelmingly positive for the offensive side during the live sessions. Thanks,
4: Kwani.
5: Jason, you're up next, and then we'll go with Jacob and Andrea.
4: Hey Kalani,
0: you just mentioned the offensive line and that's obviously a position group that is looked at as one of the strongest on the team. How has the offensive line evolved from the time you got here to today to what you
1: see now?
8: Oh, the bigger, I think if you just look at their presence, they're bigger. So if you're... Six four and three hundred pounds. You actually look small on the O line. You know the rest of the guys are are, are much bigger. I mean you're looking at the guys that came with a thinner frame. Even guys like Tristan Hodge, who has added bulked up and added more muscle to his frame. We have a lot of big guys, you know. But um, I think the the key is that they're they're getting older. That's the, that's the difference. They're, there's more veterans in the group and more experienced players that are taking the lead. And it's a good sign when you have the leadership coming from the offensive line on the offensive side the ball so um and then we have a lot of guys that played a lot of reps and you're looking at the experience that we have from the O line from the tight end position from the running backs um you know it it, it helps make up a lot of the the um uh, lack of seniors and veterans that we see in the uh receiver receiving core so overall i think the offensive line has taken the leadership of the of the offense which is uh actually affecting and having an impact on the defensive side as well so it's a good thing when when the o-lines lead the team but overall size and stature is a big difference
4: Kalani Thanks, I wanted to ask you about uh, in terms of when you guys went live on Saturday how are you going to balance with guys who have played a lot of games let's say like a Brady Christensen a James amp guys who have had a lot of starts under their belt versus using that time to develop
2: younger talent
8: yeah you know we had the thought of holding some guys out but um the offensive guys, they get offended when you recommend that. So, the, <laughs> all the the no one was held out. And then defensively, we're trying to hold out guys like Isaiah Kafusi and Peyton Wilgar, some others that have played a lot of games, you know, but they all just wanted in, so they all played. And I don't think anybody got held out on Saturday. And I, I, I like that, but, I mean, you know, I just – I don't think you go in with a passive mentality. You know, you, you, we talked about letting the players have ownership on it and if they want to get out there and practice and getting some live reps, I don't, it's hard to get better at football if you don't practice the real game, you know, and so I think I, I, I can applaud the guys for wanting to do that and I think they understand where the, the coaches are coming from but I think there's a there's a big chance for us as coaches, there's a big opportunity for us to trust the players and have them trust their bodies and kind of give us some feedback on how they're feeling. And if they want to get into the live work, that's what they worked all all off-season all for, so we might as well let them have some.
0: Kalani Sataki, meeting with the media. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, the Jazz postgame as the Jazz uh, play a great first half but end up losing. And we'll tell you all about that next.
1: From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
0: Good morning, DJ and PK. 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Utah Jazz played the Dallas Mavericks. Now, no Donovan Mitchell. No Kristaps Porzingis. No Luka Doncic. So, both teams were shorthanded, obviously. Bogdanovich wasn't there. So, both teams were missing their top two scores, right? And uh, the Jazz, though, uh, really shot the lights out in the first half. Led 70-54 at the half, and then pretty much sat everybody. Thirteen different guys playing at least 13 minutes. Uh, they really spread the minutes around and gave a lot of guys a shot. Here's the best of the postgame show.
7: Sure, Jazz recap here on DJ and PK 97.5 and 12.80, the zone. The Utah Jazz came up short in the bubble yesterday against Orlando, 122 to 114. The game, the Jazz actually led by 16 points in the first half, played really, really well. Uh, the deep bench unit played most of the second half, and uh, that lead uh, evaporated a little bit. Uh, a 14 point fourth quarter certainly did not help and uh, the Jazz fall to the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, The Jazz did not have Donovan Mitchell. The Mavericks did not have Luka Doncic or Chris Stapps Porzingis. Um, The Jazz were led by Jordan Clarkson, who had 18 points all in the first half. Rajon Tucker had uh, 17 points for the Jazz. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. had 27 points to lead all scorers. He did it on 11 of 15 shooting. He was uh, incredibly, incredibly efficient. Let's now let you hear some post-game sound. Let's start with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder.
10: Okay, we'll go ahead and get started with Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Coach, you said before the game that a couple of the focuses these
5: next two games, health and bench production. What stood out to you from the line, young lineup that you got to see today?
6: Really, you know, it, it, tonight, and it's been something that we've been emphasizing, talking about. Um, we're just giving up too many points in the paint, and it doesn't matter who's in the game. Um, whether it be on the glass, uh, which was the other night even tonight as well, uh, for just protecting the paint. And that's got to be something for us that continues to be a priority and it's got to be a priority on every possession. Um, so it's, that's what you talk about you know, what we saw tonight, that's, that's one of the things that you know, we, we saw and we've been seeing, it, and we've been seeing it too much.
10: Okay, next question will be from Eric Weldon, Salt Lake Tribune.
4: Quinn, given uh, what you mentioned beforehand, were your, were your priorities for these last two games? Is there any concern about, you know, heading towards the playoffs, having lost three straight, having lost five of seven? Or is that kind of a secondary thing relative to just getting some of those other issues sorted of out yeah, right I now? I mean,
6: I, I, I – You know, what I said is is really how I feel and how we're looking at it. Um, You know, what I saw was a team that came out really ready to play. Um, You know, we had some guys, George and and JC in particular, that got untracked and um, we made shots. Um, I think, again, you know, we had Donovan, uh, who's banged up, um, wasn't able to play. And then we put JC in the starting lineup, which is a a new spot for him. Uh, He's been a spark coming off the bench. I uh, thought he responded really well. Uh, so a lot of good things from that group, uh, You know, obviously in limited minutes. But again, I, I think that we're looking to play well and sometimes playing well uh, you know, allows you to win the game. Sometimes you play well and the other team plays better. Um, but either way, I want us to play well and, and I'll go back to it again. It's um, regardless of what you're trying to accomplish, what we're trying to accomplish is not to give up points in the paint. Um, because if we continue to do that, we won't win.
10: Okay, next question, Sarah Todd, Deseret News.
9: Quinn, with the idea of expanding your rotation in mind, uh, through these last few games, have you seen enough out of those younger players, sort of the low-minute guys that are getting some more run, that gives you the confidence that you'd be able to insert them in a high-pressure game like the playoffs?
6: Well, I think that's, you know, that's one of the things we were able to, to see um, the other night against Denver, where, you know, Mie played in that game and played really well, thought he defended well. JB did the same. Um, you know, JB is a guy that can take multiple matchups. You saw that against San Antonio when he was defending that game. So um, I, I think those guys are, you know, it could be a different guy every night um, because in the playoffs, there's, there's, there's so many matchup uh, situations and you know in order for us to be able to use those guys it's important for them to play and even you know whether it's playing with you know some of the regular guys in the rotation or tonight when they're out there um you know collectively uh, i think playing the right way is the most important thing that's what's going to translate and that's what's going to help them be effective so um that's what we're trying to evaluate as far as how they play and i think you know rajon tonight had great activity I was really glad to see him. He didn't play as much the other night. Mie played. And I think, you know, really everybody's got to be ready uh, because especially when you have, like I said, matchup situations and someone gets in foul trouble, even what we're seeing now, someone gets banged up. um, We're going to have those nicks and injuries. You know, we talk about health all we want, um, but there's reality, especially in a playoff series where it is so physical and people are playing so hard that um, we're going to have to at least have um, the option okay, and the, and the potential you know, to get to the bench in some crucial minutes and that's going to be important for us so it's good to see those guys have an as you said to get their feet wet so to speak I think their feet are wet um, we just need to get deeper down and uh, continue to get better
10: uh, Okay last question will be from David James K U T B.
0: You know, just to follow up on that when you're evaluating these young guys is it easier to evaluate them when they're in there as a group or would it be a more accurate evaluation if they were out there with three or four starters or at least high minute players
6: well I, you know the, the when they're in there visually with you know like i said rotation guys um, for example me the other night against san antonio when he got the start um you know, it's, it's easier for them to understand the things that they need to do to help the team win. And sometimes what you do when you're in the game um, with Mike Conley versus, you know, when you're in the game with a number of other young players, um, that becomes more clear. And trying to play within yourself in those situations um, is important. And that even happens with, you know, with guys that George is going to play differently when he's in the game with different guys. Joe's going to play differently um, at various times based on who's in the game. And uh, you just get to know your teammates and know what they do. And I think it's also important for, you know, Joe and Mike and Donovan to get to know the younger guys and know what they can do because, you know, we went through that during the middle part of the year when we acquired Jordan and and started playing Tony uh, and George more. And there's a process there that those guys all go through of kind of finding some cohesion.
10: Okay. Thanks, Coach. Thanks.
7: There's jazz, uh, jazz head coach Quinn Snyder handing out a lot of love uh, for some of those deep bench guys, uh, getting a look at them and maybe how they could help as the Jazz uh, look forward to uh, to the playoffs. Uh, speaking of one of those guys, let's uh, let you hear from John Tucker.
1: All right, John, we'll start with a question from Ryan McDonald, Deseret News. John, what's it like uh, being
4: put in a situation where you don't play a whole lot uh, for for a lot of the seasons with the Jazz, and then all of a sudden you're, you're playing major
11: minutes out there. What's that like? Um, as a basketball player, you know, you always just got to stay ready and uh, do whatever you can to uh, help the team out whenever you need it. So, um, you know, that's what happened tonight. Uh, just uh, you got to step up when your name is called. Thanks. Next is Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
4: Hey, Rajan, Sorry, I just hopped on. So I apologize if you've been asked this already, but what's it been like kind of getting an opportunity these last few games to be out there, you know, closing, closing some games out in tight situations, kind of, you know, being out there with the game still in the balance?
11: So, you know, it's good. Uh, you know, you always have to go through those uh, situations. We uh, go through those situations in practice, uh, where we kind of have to either come back or hold the lead. So, um, just as a basketball player, it, it really helps. Uh, just, just your rhythm and your flow of the game, and just getting that experience. So, it's great.
1: Next, we have Christian Kenny Jazz TV.
5: Hey, Rayjan good to see you out there today. Um, I, I just want to know more about your conversations that you've had with the team, the coaching staff. And I know you and Don are, have been pretty tight about making the most of your minutes and kind of the message that you're getting from these these other guys.
11: Oh, for sure. Uh, just really stay active on defense, um, be out there to guard the best players whenever I'm out there, uh, make them take tough shots, you know, frustrate them a little bit. Um, just being that uh, defensive pest on the team and, you know, do what I do on the offensive side when the uh, time is needed. All right, we'll, we'll go to Eric Walden in Salt Lake Tribune then. Hey, Rajon.
4: So in talking to Quinn these last few days, he's mentioned, you know, kind of taking an opportunity to throw you guys out there and see what works in terms of kind of redeveloping the bench as a result of, of Boyan being out. Have you guys, like, talked amongst yourselves about, you know, recognizing that this is an opportunity to, you know, potentially earn a role in a playoff series that's upcoming? Do you, is, has that been on your mind, or, or are you just going out there and playing as the minutes come?
11: Uh, yeah, for sure, that was definitely um, a mindset of, especially the rookies, uh, coming into the um, into the bubble, just to stay ready, uh, prepare yourselves, um, because you, you never know what can happen. Uh, injuries happen, uh, God forbid, uh, anything. So we just stayed on each other, make each other better in practice, and just wait for our names to be called. All right, Kristen, do you have one more?
5: One more quick one. Um, has there been anyone on the team in particular that's been a mentor to you, that's been helping coach you and guide you?
11: Um, really kind of sort of everybody. You know, I talked to Joe about different things. Uh, I talked to Mike about uh, different things. Donovan helps me out. You know, I've known him since high school. Uh, I talked to Royce just off his defensive tactics. Uh, Rudy talks to me. So just this whole team is one big family. So we all kind of chip in where we see things and you know, you take it as you go. Thank right, thanks for your time Ray John. for sure appreciate you guys
7: there's John Tucker 17 points on 4 of 7 shooting went to the line 9 times he was 8 of 9 from the line playing very uh, aggressive alright let's let you now hear from George Niang
10: hey George how are you?
12: I'm doing good Mad Dog how are you doing?
10: Good uh, good to see you alright we're going to go ahead and get started on this we've got first question will be from Chris, uh, Kristen Kenny Jazz TV George, it was so good to see you guys mastering the distance
5: uh, today, the three ball, and how good is it for you to find your rhythm in the bubble now?
12: Sorry, Joey is that enough. Um <laughs> You know, it actually, you know, it, it feels good to get it going from three. Obviously, me personally, uh, you know, I was struggling a little bit, um, so to, to start connecting uh, on threes was was really huge. And uh, I think uh, the whole team is doing the same thing. Uh, we're doing a great job of making threes and, and taking threes, so I think that's huge for our success and uh, going forward. And I think that's going to be key in playoff games.
10: All right. Next question, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
4: George, uh, obviously the main rotation guys pulled early tonight. The the younger guys kind of thrown out of there to see how they could do in in a in a close game, um, and that leads to a third consecutive loss. Are you guys at all concerned about? momentum now being one game away from the playoffs or or are you just more concerned with, you know, trying to work things out as best you can in terms of getting the rotation settled and seeing what the younger guys can do?
12: Um, you know, I, I think the, 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 we have pretty much, you know, everything, you know, figured out. I mean, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not in on making the decisions whether guys are resting or I'm not in on if guys are, need rest or are injured or anything like that. I just go out there and I uh, do my job. And if my number is called, I go out there and, and play the game. I don't think, you know, you need to be worried about having momentum going into the playoffs. I think these guys and, and myself in this locker room know the magnitude of the playoffs and and, you know, what it means to be in the playoff and what it means to be in the Jazz and be in the playoffs. So I don't think you can put too much into that. Um, you know, guys get dings and nicks and need to sit out. And like I said, I'm not in on those meetings, so I don't know how they're feeling. All I can do is focus on how I feel and go out there and control what I can control.
10: All right, next question. Tony Jones, The Athletic. Uh,
11: George, i um, you know, your, your shot wasn't falling earlier in the bubble, but it's been falling of late. You know, is it, have you done anything differently or is it just the same repetition uh, and, and, you know, you're starting to, starting to see it fall a little bit?
12: For me, it was just getting the rhythm. Uh, You know, obviously I came in uh, and wasn't shooting the ball great. Um, And, you know, it just took time for me to just get adjusted, you know, and just relax and get back to, you know, the feel and flow of the game. how I was playing, you know, before the season was paused. Uh, So once I got back to that feeling and and kept getting reps with practice and shoot arounds, you know, everything seemed seamless. And now I'm out there playing as confident as I was when the season stopped. Obviously, you know, the ball's not going to go in every time. But, you know, when you're getting up there and shooting with confidence, uh, the ball seems to go in a, a, a little more.
10: Okay, last question we have from Sarah Todd, Deseret News.
9: Hey, George, good to see you and not to be seen.
12: (laughs) (laughs) Good to see you too, kind of.
9: Uh, Yeah. Um, You know, you're you're familiar with having to work and earn your minutes and get to a place where you're in the rotation. And so I'm wondering kind of what you've seen from a mental standpoint and then also their skill level on the court from these young guys that are getting more time on the court, like especially Mie, Jarrell, Rayjean.
12: Uh, yeah, I'll just focus on the young guys. Uh, those guys are tireless workers. Um, you know, when we're just finishing up practice, you know, they practice with us and continue to work and play three on three and two on two. And I'm just so happy, you know, for me, a Jarrell, Justin, Rayjean, um, Jawan Nigel um, all those guys because they've worked endlessly for their opportunity and they're really capitalizing on it and uh, those guys are fearless um, they don't care who you are uh, they'll run through a, a brick wall and I'm so proud of them and, and so happy to be on this journey with them because it, it's amazing to see the growth that they've that, that they've shown uh, since the beginning of the year and they get to do it you know on television on the on the biggest stage and I think those guys are proven to not only the coaches and us and the rest of the world that they're ready to be tossed in at any moment at any time
10: okay that's it for today thanks George
12: thank you
7: that was George Niang George had 13 points he was perfect 4 of 4 from 3 he was 4 of 5 from the field and uh, good to see George getting his stroke a little bit from, uh, from downtown they're certainly going to need that uh, going into the playoffs alright let's now let you hear from Jarrell Brantley
10: alright we're going to go ahead and get started here with these questions Uh, We'll have the first question will be from David James, KUTV.
0: Jarrell, I'm curious, what do you know now that you didn't know uh, two weeks ago, having played uh, some NBA games? In what way? What have you learned from these games? What have you learned being out there on the floor in an NBA contest and, and getting more minutes? What
13: have you picked up? Um, I mean, you know, things I felt like I knew before, you know, you just gotta stay locked in, you know. It's so a lot of talented guys on that court. So gotta make sure that you guard, you know, guard at a high level. And um, you know, like I said, it was things I already knew, but just being being helpful on your on the offensive end as well.
10: Okay, next question will be from Sarah Todd Deseret News. Jarrell, you got, you know, a few minutes a
9: few days ago, and then you've increasingly seen some more minutes on the court uh, with Mie, especially the two of you. And you've got a lot of praise from teammates and Quinn Snyder. And I'm I'm wondering, how confident are you kind of in your place and your ability to possibly play minutes in a high-pressure situation like a playoff game? I
13: would would say I'm very comfortable and confident. But I know it takes time, you know, I got a lot of guys ahead of me, you know, that I can learn from, you know, the coaches believe in me and I think with that, it gives me more confidence, but, um, you know, taking things day by day, you know, um, they throw me out there. I want to make sure I focus on the little things before I get ahead of myself. And I know everything else will take care of it. So
10: Uh, we're going to go back to a follow up from Sarah Todd then. Thank you. Drill, what has,
9: what has been like the feedback that you've gotten from the coaching staff and then also encouragement or feedback from the players and how has that differed?
13: Um, just be myself. I think, you know, every day out here, you know, and we get to learn each other more, I think, the guys are getting comfortable with me. You know, I know it takes time, um, as well as the coaches. You know, I think they're allowing me to, you know, be comfortable with, within my role, but, you know, be confident in myself. So it means a lot, you know, going into the next um the next game, the next opportunity. No matter when it comes, you know, I, I know that the coaching staff and the players that I'm on the court with believe in me. So um, I just try to build off that.
10: Okay. And we have a last question here from Ben Anderson, KSLSports.com. Jarrell, has Quinn
3: or, or the team talked at all about the difference from when they're trying to win games and when when they're actively not
2: trying to win games and playing different players?
3: I mean, I think we try to win every every time we step on the court.
13: Uh, you know, and I think uh, if you're getting that, you know, they're playing the younger guys more or, you know, the guys who don't usually play, I think that's just um, – coaches you know understanding that maybe we might you know we might need one of us um and i may be wrong but i think you know you gotta we gotta win by committee um and this is a this is a great team um and you know opportunity comes i think if we win some of those games i think it's a little different i don't, I don't think that's the question but at the same time you know i think like i said every time we step on the court i think we want to win a game and we fell short the two times that we had opportunities to win. So I think for me and the rest of the guys who don't usually play, I think that, you know, um, something we'll, that will hold, hold dear to our hearts, try to find ways to be better if that opportunity ever comes again.
10: Okay, so we actually do now have Kristen Kenny with us. Jazz TV, she'll be asking you the real last question.
5: <laughs> Sorry, guys, I was on the other link. Darrell, a uh, coach has commented on just your ability to defend multiple matchups. Uh, what has that process been like for you and the most important thing for you when you're coming in trying to play jazz defense?
13: I just want to be the best me within the system. You know, uh, I want to guard, you know, and I want to be able to be versatile defensively, you know, or whenever whenever the opportunity may come on the court as, as in any option or any opportunity. So, uh, you know, it means a lot that Coach even sees it in me that I can, you know, guard multiple positions. But that's one of the things I try to pride myself on, you know, not letting – the, the opposite team, you know, score on me easily. So day by day, you know, I'll continue to grow and I'll continue to learn better ways to become better in myself and help my team. Ultimately,
7: here's Jarrell Brantley. He had three points and one of seven shooting, one of six from three, three rebounds and assists, block shot. But Quinn Snyder, as we heard earlier, uh, very high on his ability to go out there and play defense. Not enough for the Utah Jazz, though. They lose against Dallas, 122 to 114. Next up, Thursday, the Jazz will take on the San Antonio. Spurs in their final seeding game performance down there in Orlando. we got a tip time for that. It'll be at 4.30. Pre-game coverage will begin at 3.30.
0: That's the best of the post-game show. When we come back, what is trending? All the big college football news. More on the NBA. Stay with us.